is the What Are We Doing Pod. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back and it's episode 73. Okay. It's my first solo episode of the year and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. It's 2023, new year, new me. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about. And so episode 73, new year, new me, episode 73. Here we are. And uh, I can't thank you guys enough. I mean, first episode in the new year, episode 72 with Ken Cage, ran the numbers up, running it up. If you haven't seen the episode with Ken Cage, check it out. It is on uh, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere else you listen to this podcast. Speaking of listening to this podcast, you check it out on Good Pods. Check it out on iTunes. Check it out on Spotify. And if you don't know how to use those apps, all you have to do is go to wadpod.com backslash Spotify, backslash YouTube, wadpod.com, backslash Instagram. Follow us there, baby. You know what I'm talking about? So 72 was great. We can't thank Ken Cage enough for coming on again. Uh, We'll have him back again. We'll certainly have him back. We're trying to get Danny on. Danny has not responded to my text messages, but that's okay. Uh, I'm in a group chat with Ken Cage and Danny Thompson. It's 2023 this is what we're doing. You know what I mean? I'm finally answering the question. The first two years of this podcast, the question was, what are we doing? This year, I'm answering it. I'm in a group chat with Ken Cage and Danny Thompson. You know what I mean? There's only two of us talking in it because Danny hasn't responded yet, but we're still in the same group chat. You know what I mean? Not a brag. Not a brag. It's, it's It's not that I have celebrity status now, okay? It's not that like, oh... Levi had one guy on the podcast that was on one TV, you know what I mean? He was, he did this one thing and, you know, now I'm like this number two podcast in the world. It's basically caller daddy. What are we doing? Joe Rogan. And then whatever 12 podcasts Barstool Sports has. And then obviously, well, I mean, obviously everyone in the do better network, they're, they're on the list as well. Top podcasts ever. You know what I mean? So it's fine. Um, but dude, so everyone knows, everyone knows our love for Harry Potter, right? And who doesn't, who doesn't love Harry Potter? Okay. If you don't love Harry Potter, you're either like someone crazy who thinks it's like demonic and it's like going to send you and your children straight to hell because of the spells and like, wizardry and like you actually believe in that shit and like you're not about it you know kind of thing or like you just didn't grow up with it i get it like some people aren't into movies but whatever it's fine but most of us are okay hence the reason it's like a billion dollar property and everyone knows right everyone knows everyone knows this kid's name is olivander right so my son's name is the wand maker right my dog, this useless loaf over here, 
His name's Loomis, the spell for light, Loomis Maximus. You know what I mean? So like the family is now integrated into the Harry Potter universe, right? Meg's one of these unique names. Meg's wanted a unique name for our son so bad. And Meg's didn't really like Harry Potter at the time. She didn't really know anything about it. We've introduced her since then, obviously. But um, Meg's didn't know anything about it. And so when we, uh, she was on Pinterest, we spent months, we spent three to four months trying to come up with a name for this kid. And, um, she was on Pinterest one day and she sends me like a group of like 10 screenshots and it's like Josiah and like Basil and like, you know, liquid and North and South and Kylie and Chloe. And like, it's all these like random unique names and then at the end of the list, this one said Ollivander. And I said, hey, man, that's the name. And she said, what do you mean? Which one? I said, that one right there. His name will be Ollivander. Do you know why? And she said, no. What do you? What? OK, I guess that's it. And I'm like, dude, it's HP. You know what I mean? Everyone knows HP. At the time, I had to explain it to her, but it's fine. She's up to date now. And then, of course, we got the dog, and we wanted to name the dog something unique, too. And it must have been that time of year we were looking around. I don't know if I just Googled other Harry Potter names, uh, but we got Loomis, and so now that's our dog's name, right? So it makes a lot of sense. We have a sign hanging on our front door that says Ollivander's Wand Shop. So, like, you know, uh, if you find it, that's where we live. But, you know, it's uh, so we're, you know, we're fully invested now into the Harry Potter universe. Um, and so like growing up too, growing up, I watched every Harry Potter movie. My love for movies uh, growing up was like when I say it was, it was kind of an obsession would be maybe an understatement. Um my father, it was to the point where my father would buy me a portable, and this is probably one of the most, this is the most money my father's ever spent on me. He would buy me a portable DVD player every year. Every year I would need a new portable DVD player uh, because, not not because I broke them or they were bad, but like I used it so much that the the batteries would just not, they would stop charging and stop lasting the, the readers would get burned out sometimes because I would just constantly be watching movies on it. It was, it was to the point they had to buy me one every six to nine months, uh, a portable DVD player and that portable DVD player. Uh, and I mean, this was, this is what, this was 2002. This was like 2002 to 2005. And then around that time, 2005, 2006, like I, I think I got the first iPod touch, you know? Uh, so um, so then that was a thing. And then, and then soon as, as soon as we went digital, I, Oh no, I got a Zune in 2005 and 2006. I got the first Zune that you could put movies on, but the movies had to be in a certain format. So what I would do is I would pirate the movie. This is my, you know, this is where my, my, my life as a pirate began. I would download the movies from online. And at that time, this wasn't like a big thing. Plex wasn't a thing. This was all brand new kind of, at least to me it was. And at that time there wasn't a thing, such thing as MP4s. No one knew what an MP4 was back then. They were all AVI files. If you know what an AVI file is, you know what I'm talking about. 
And so the AVI files, the Zune, the Microsoft Zune wouldn't play AVI files because they only took the, the proprietary Microsoft Zune video format whatever that was at the time. I think it might've been, I'm not sure what it was. might've been MOV. I'm not sure. Uh, but so then I would have to download the movies as a AVI file, and then I would have to convert them into whatever format the Zune would take and then put them on the Zune. Mind you, each one of these steps, there's only three steps, download the movie, convert the file, upload it to the Zune. Each one of those steps took nine hours. It took nine hours because at the time, the internet, 2000, 2005, 2006-ish, you know what I mean? Um, it was pretty much, uh, you know, we were getting out of dial-up, but we didn't have, we didn't have like Wi-Fi. We had Wi-Fi, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't great. It wasn't the best. And so like we had to restart the router every 20 minutes because that's where we were at uh, with Comcast at the time. And so it would take, it would take nine hours just to download one movie. And then mind you, I have to convert that on hardware, the laptop that we had. And because my father and his, his cheap status, the laptop that we had at home was, uh, at the time, what we called a netbook. And a netbook is just a little tiny, um, about 10, nine to 10 inch laptop. It wasn't much bigger than the portable DVD players I had years before, but it was a laptop. It had maybe two or three gigs of RAM in it. And it was just for checking your email and maybe doing a quick Google search. It was in no way intended to be downloading movies, then converting them for three hours straight, and then uploading them onto a, a portable media player. That's not what this thing was built for, but I was pushing that chick to the limits, okay? And uh, so yeah, it would take nine hours to download on my dad's little nine-inch netbook laptop, and then I would have to use the free converting program that I might've also pirated, but might've found for free somewhere, and use that. And so an hour and a half movie converting into a different format at the time took hour and a half, maybe two, maybe three hours. So that was a whole nother day long process. And guess what? If someone needed to use the computer, we had to shut that down and we had to start over once they were done using it. So sometimes it took multiple days to convert. Then we had to get that big ass file onto the Zune. And transferring music onto the Zune at the time is easy because it's five to 10 megabytes, you know, for an MP3, but it's like five to 10 gigs for a movie, right? And so that took another three to four hours. And if the cable disconnected or if the Zune fell asleep or something happened, there were all these contingencies back then that technology wasn't ready for that we were using it. I mean, I was on the road. I had my movies everywhere with me all the time. So needless to say, uh, back when I had, you know, all these Harry Potter movies, it also came with a binder of DVDs, right? And this is what my father would do. My father would raid the, uh, the two, the three, the $5 DVD bins at Walmart. They still have them today and I do it as well. I get it from him. Obviously I'm my father's son. And so I do it as well, but I don't do the second part. He would then take each of the DVDs that he purchased for a dollar, two dollars, three dollars at the time. And then he would individually wrap each one. And so come our birthdays or Christmas or whatever 
whatever event required him to actually buy us something as a gift, he would wrap each DVD as a single gift and be like, look, got you. I got you 38 gifts this year. I got you like 47 gifts because 93 of them, sorry, because 27 of them, now that math adds up, 27 of them are individually wrapped DVDs that he only paid $14.93 for. You know what I mean? So I had a shit ton of movies, everything from like The Count of Monte Cristo to Men in Black to Harry Potter's, to Lord of the Rings, to adult movies, to kids' movies, you name it. Whatever was in the three $2 DVD bin at Walmart, that's what my father filled my collection with. Um, so, and among those DVDs were Harry Potter. And maybe something else that, you know, they did for me. Uh, my stepmother, the witch that she is, took me to see Harry Potter uh, every year that when the movies came out, it was like around Christmas time. So it was a part of, it was a part of my Christmas gift. Of course, uh, she would take me to the theater and we'd go to see Harry Potter that lasted for like the first five or six films. And I think I got old enough to just go by myself and not with her. Um, so I had an okay upbringing, but fuck them anyways. You know what I mean? Um, and so, and like Megs and I are attempting to watch the whole series now. So I'm obsessed with movies, obsessed with the DVDs, obsessed with the Harry Potter universe. And now we've never been, we've never been to uh, Harry Potter world. I've been to Disney, Orlando, all that area once. Senior trip, the boxing incident, you know what went down. Harry Potter world wasn't open yet. It was like a day away from being open and they wouldn't let us in. We thought maybe they would because it was like senior week there. They thought they were going to give us like a sneak peek. Um, but they didn't unfortunately. And so we missed it. Um, but we plan on going back. We might be going with some friends in the near future, but we're definitely hitting Harry Potter world, a universal, uh, that's definitely on the list. And then once Ollie's older, like once he's older and can experience it, you know, we will, uh, we'll obviously take him for sure. He'll need to pick out his own wand, of course. Um, and so, uh, you know, the movies and so like, but let's be honest, the prequels, the Harry Potter prequels weren't that great. Okay. The Harry Potter prequels weren't great. And, uh, no one really watched, um, the Fantastic Beast series. They were supposed to do five. I think they only did three and it was weird because half the cast was going through legal issues with Ezra Miller breaking into people's houses and, uh, Johnny Depp and everything that happened with him. Obviously Johnny was right. And Disney owes him like a trillion dollars. They should just make him CEO. I think personally, but conversation for another day. Um, so, you know, but, and now like HBO, I think Warner brothers says they're rebooting it. They're rebooting. We're rebooting Harry Potter. I think we're getting an all new movie series with a new cast and a new story. And I think we might be getting an HBO TV show. Um, so that'll be interesting. Not sure how I feel about it. Uh, you know, like you're probably going to fudge up the original, right? Like, let's just maybe, I don't know. It's, I mean, but it's a billion dollars. It's, if you had the chance to make a billion dollars, 
you'd be making Harry Potter movies every year. I don't know why they're not making a new Harry Potter movie every year. Here's the thing that sucks for me about the Harry Potter universe. I've never read the books, okay? We all know, we've heard the stories on the podcast. I have like a third to fourth grade reading level. Uh, Miss Talby almost flunked me in English class because I could literally not mentally get through the book of Mice and Men. She showed me the movie, I passed the test. You know what I mean? It makes sense. My ADHD at the time didn't actually physically let me turn the page and read what's on it and then comprehend what was on that page. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline in order to get to the next page. By the time I got to the next page of the book, I completely forgot and don't really know what happened on the first page, let alone what's going on on this page. And that pattern just continues. And that's just why I've read one book in my life. I've read Inside Out by Terry Truman. Don't ask me why. I guess it's because how it was written, but I got through that book and that's the only book I've ever read. I've tried reading Harry Potter, um, and so what I've been told, I just can't get through it. You know what I mean? I can't, I can't get through, uh, the books. I'm a movie watcher, not a book reader. Okay. Uh, somehow, somehow the education system failed me. Um, and, but like, let's be honest, <laughs> I might have, my high school experience and like thereafter might as well been, uh, Hogwarts. Okay, so after I got done being bullied in middle school, um, I decided to go to tech for high school. And for those of you who don't know, tech is a school where you can go and instead of doing like normal classes like algebra two and like applied sciences and geography and like world history and like quantum theory and like all this shit that gets you ready for college, tech. You kind of do some of that, but it's like one plus one equals two math and like English 101. And then the, but that's only half the time. And then the other half the time you do a trade. So you're either like making a magazine or like uh, baking cookies. So I somehow convinced my parents to let me go to tech for high school. And so I went to the basic math classes. I did one plus one equals two. I did all the English stuff. That was easy. And that was only 40% of my time. The other 60% of my time was spent doing student council because that got me out of the regular classes and my shop, which was baking and pastry. So while I was busy making cookies, Rice Krispie treats, soft roll dolls, soft soft roll dough for, you know, your Thanksgiving meal. We made, we made freaking sweet rolls for your meal. We would hand them out. We would give them to people for Thanksgiving. The staff would buy them. Like we would decorate cakes. We would make brownies for the cafeteria. We would make sticky buns, cinnamon rolls. Every day in high school, I started my day by making a new pastry item in a professional Greg kitchen. Instead of going to Algebra 2 like all of you guys were doing, 
I was going and baking a full freaking tray of Rice Krispie treats. Instead of studying for the SATs and taking prep courses, I was busy decorating a Mickey Mouse cake for the cake show next weekend. Okay? Instead of doing literally anything you're supposed to do in high school, these people somehow let me and a few of my friends, well, not few, but like a bunch of my friends, and they're still doing it to this day. They still let them do it. People I know are there. They're, they will take you out of a normal educate. Like I was supposed to go to Northeastern. I was supposed to get a half a ride scholarship like my sister. I was supposed to get her education and go to a real college, but I went to tech. They somehow let me go to a school and instead of learning about like world history and you know, how things work and science and geography and all that shit, I was busy baking bread. I was busy rolling the dough, flinging it around, making it a circle, rolling it up, slabbing butter, slabbing butter on just a sheet of raw dough, sprinkling freaking salt bay spray. You thought salt bay was a thing, bitch? I was sprinkling cinnamon and sugar on on freaking raw dough with butter, rolling it up and making a fucking log of a cinnamon bun sticky roll that then we put in a sheet and we put friggin' molasses and nuts and shit all over that and we throw it back in the oven and you got a sticky, a homemade fresh sticky bun out the oven. But you guys were off, you know, learning what? Like, you know, uh, algebraic equations and, you know, quantum theories and getting ready for lecture halls in college. So then once I got done baking cookies and being homecoming king, because I did card tricks all my life, uh, I then went to art school for college. So naturally nothing to see here. I sat in class. We sat on the computer. As long as you breathed in Ron Ross's class, you got an A plus baby. So that was a whiz by. I went to that school because I needed a website for my magic career that no longer exists. You know what I mean? But now I own the business. So it, it kind of worked out. Eh. So the education system failed me. I never, I never, uh, my, oh, and do my 12th grade, my 12th grade math class. Listen to this. I was a senior in high school and my 12th grade math class was probability. We were supposed to be learning probability. Like, you know, What's the percentage of rolling a one on a six-sided dice? I don't know, because we didn't learn that. The teacher said, here's a deck of cards. Here's a deck of... The teacher said to me at the time, they said it to me at the time, here's a deck of cards. Oh my God, what a wet dream. Here's a deck of cards, learn about probability. And then the teacher sat there and played solitary on his laptop for an hour and a half while we did whatever we wanted. Some kids left, some kids were texting, some kids were on the laptop watching porn, some kids were playing games on the laptop, some of us were playing with the cards, some of us were actually doing work, like there were two nerds in the class that were actually like, you know, writing, doing whatever was in the book or whatever, I don't know. Like it was a free-for-all while all the other people back at my home school are playing sports and getting scholarships and getting ready to go to prestigious colleges and have careers and do all this stuff. Meanwhile, I got a dozen cookies in the oven. So now 
that I can't read. Like no one ever, and through all that college, I can't read. And so I've discovered Audible. And so if we remember after all those ADHD rants, we're talking about Harry Potter. And so I've, I've been told that the Harry Potter Audibles are some of the best things that you can listen to. Like if you want to get into like audiobooks, you have to get into Harry Potter. So I, in 2023, I, I signed up for Audible sponsorship, maybe or maybe not coming soon. Okay, we're going to talk to Amazon maybe. And so... Audible, uh, so I'm listening to these Harry Potter books all year. Like I started with number one, number two, Chamber of Secrets. Then I listened to um, number three, Prisoner of Azkaban. Now I'm on Harry Potter book uh, number four, The Goblet of Fire. That That's what it's called, right? Yeah. I'm on Harry Potter book number four. And... Um, when I was growing up, obviously like my aunts and people would tell me like, oh yeah, you got to read the books. Cause I would always talk about being obsessed with the movies. Everyone always says you have to read the books because they leave a lot out of the movies. The dog, can someone get the dog? Luba. Because they leave a lot out of the movies, like all the details and some of the conversations and the characters and how they act and what they do and like even some events, like they leave stuff, they change stuff from the source material to the movies because either it doesn't translate on the big screen, what have you. This happens all the time, right? The books don't always necessarily match up with the movies. It's a retelling of the book. And so I've never been able to experience those like, other conversations or to see how those things change and see how they translate from the books to the big screen. And when I got to the fourth Harry Potter book, the Goblet of Fire, I, I knew from the movies that some things happened. Um, but I wasn't, um, like I wasn't ready when I heard this part of the book, I wasn't, I wasn't ready for this because they definitely didn't this part was definitely not in the movies. Like I went back this weekend and I watched the movie again, the goblet of fire. This wasn't in it. And so obviously like this is old news, like people, this audiobook has been out, right? I'm assuming. So people, people have heard it. So, I mean this, it just, it's, it's interesting to me. And I just want to, I want to share it with you guys because I think it's just one of those things that just, I mean, it, I didn't know this was in the Harry Potter series. My penis was oscillating between extremely sensitive and borderline traumatized. The last place I wanted to be was Frost Nippistan. I'd been trying some home remedies, including one recommended by a friend. She'd urged me to apply Elizabeth Arden cream. My mum used that on her lips. You want me to put that on my todger? It works, Harry. Trust me. I found a tube, and the minute I opened it, the smell transported me through time. I felt as if my mother was right there in the room. Then I took a smidge and applied it down there. Okay. So clearly what's happening here is Hermione gave Harry Potter the old ration dash down there. You know what I mean? Kind of enough. And so she needs to now apply, they need to apply some ointment, presumably giving Harry a little bit of a handy in the Gryffindor common room. So Prince Harry's book is out, obviously. His book is out and boy, it's a tell-all and it's a doozy. Okay, I don't think anyone listening to this would have read the book, so I'm going to tell you all about it. He's confessing to a lot of shit. 
a lot of stuff went down in the life of Prince Harry, okay? Um, the biggest story coming out of this is uh, his, his story of how he loses his virginity. He, um, uh, and these are his words, not mine, mounted her behind, in a field behind a pub out in the open, and she referred to him as a, a young stallion, and then I think spanked his ass when they were done. It was a real, real riveting experience. And now, like, people are trying to figure out who this woman was. Like, everyone wants to know now, cool, like, you're a weirdo, right? We get it. You're a freak, okay? You lost your virginity behind a bar, just out in the middle of a field to some older woman. It's an older woman. Uh, and now we're like, okay, you're weird. We get it. But like, we need to know who it was. Like we need the full spectrum of the story now because Harry, it's 2023. We need to know. And so, um, eager readers are itching to know who Prince Harry mounted behind a pub one faithful night to lose his virginity at 17 years old with, uh, one reputed ex-lover refusing to confirm the claims. In the Duke of Sussex bombshell book Spare, which uh, leaked ahead of its uh, Tuesday release, he describes a mature, an amateur sexual encounter uh, as humiliating. He even includes intimate details about his unnamed older horse-loving partner who rode him like a stallion and spanked him. I mounted her quickly, after which she spanked my ass and sent me on my way. He wrote in the book. Maybe we should have cut that part out. You know what I mean? Um, and so there's been like other revelations of the book, some other things that happened, dude. Insane. Uh, let's see. What are some other things that happened here? Oh, oh, he admits that. Uh, so his, his wife, Megan, um, She's a failed actress. Uh, she was in the TV show Suits, and she couldn't get anything after that. Apparently, there's a sex scene uh, that includes Megan in the show, and uh, Harry claims in the book, after Googling Meghan Markle's sex scenes uh, from Suits, he says he needs electric shock therapy to get them out of his head. It's just, uh, oh, he admitted to using cocaine as a teenager because why not? Okay, you're locked up in a castle all your life. Get me cocaine. I'm going to do it in the castle. It's going to be fun. It's going to be grand. The book's disgusting. I don't understand. Uh, oh, and he also confesses he once believed that his mother, Princess Diana, had faked her death uh, to escape the press. Well, I mean, the press killed her. It, look it up. It's We know. We know the truth. Okay. We know who killed Diana. But uh, it's not good. The book. The book's not good. Uh, but at least Megan won, you know, Megan Markle, she's the real MVP. She's the real MVP. Uh, she failed on suit. She had nothing left and she decided to pluck this boy right from the palace. He was doing cocaine in and then with one Oprah interview and then boom, bam, the queen's death just to boost ratings a little bit more. We've got Netflix deals, the book deal and everything else going on. The book deal was 35 million. Harry got $35 million to tell everyone about his virginity-losing horse lover, older of a girlfriend at 17-year-old behind a pub in a field for $35 million. They got 17 when they landed and 17 when the book went to publish. I mean, it just, it was insane. They won. They won. Uh, they won. So, 
Um, but here we are, dude. It's the first week of January, and uh, well, it's the second week now. Second week of January, but in the first week of January, I was hit with two different lawsuits. I'm being sued by two different entities. One I can't really talk about uh, because we're probably going to court. And the other one I can talk about, and it's our good friends. It doesn't quit in 2023. The HOA, dude. The HOA is taking me to court. I got served. We had to sign for the papers at the front door. I open it up and it says, civil action hearing notice, the HOA versus Levi McCurdy. Here we go. We're starting the year off with a bang. Okay, so I've been served. I'm doing court Friday, January 27th. I'm doing court in two weeks. This is the HOA. Listen, the HOA has done nothing, has done nothing that they say they do. There's rotting pumpkins out front. I just got a notice. I just got a notice because I didn't take my trash cans in till Thursday for good reason, by the way, I didn't take my trash cans until Thursday. Trash comes on Wednesday. You're supposed to take them in Wednesday night. I took them in Thursday morning. Why? Because my neighbors had two ginormous unmarked working vans parked in their spots with carpet and hardwood floor and trash and debris and power tools and this and that doors open. Everything's going on. There's stuff in the front yard blocking my path to take back my trash cans. So I left them there. The workers on the neighbor's house weren't gone till late in the night. I wasn't going out at 10, 11 o'clock to take my trash cans back because I didn't want to. I was tired. I was going to do it the next morning when I took my son to school. But in that time, one of the other neighbors in the neighborhood had the time, the skill set, and the fucking audacity to take out their camera phone and shoot a picture of my trash bin still out on a, on a, on a Wednesday, still out on a Thursday. And I got a notice from the HOA alongside my lawsuit. This is completely separate from the lawsuit, by the way, alongside the lawsuit, I'm getting notices because my trash bins weren't taken in in a timely manner. So I wrote back because I got this email, right? I wrote back. It said, dear homeowner, please review this. And it says, Levi McCurdy, it's come to our attention that it was noted that at your house on Melbourne Lane, the trash containers uh, were not brought inside or stored properly after trash pickup. The violation of rule regulation number eight, which states no garbage or trash or containers, therefore, are visible in the exterior of the units except on the day that was extinguished of collection and the removal of the garbage and the trash. So if I don't bring in my trash cans, which I've already done, uh, because I'm not a monster. Okay. Uh, if I didn't bring them in, it was going to be a $50 fine. So I responded to Jessica who sent this lovely notice. And I said, Jessica, I wasn't able to get my bins inside yesterday because my neighbors had two unmarked, very sketchy looking work vans alongside carpet, debris, trash, power tools, and other items in the front yard, as well as down the sidewalk due to new hardwood floors getting put in. I can imagine it was wonderful hearing that through the walls all day as my son couldn't even take a nap with the pounding of the hammers was extremely overwhelming. Nonetheless, as they finished well into the night, I placed my trash cans back where they were, back where they belonged around 8 a.m. Thursday morning. Calm down and happy new year. Levi. 
And so I'm done. I got to call and figure out what I'm doing here. We're not even sure. Listen, my HOA fees were supposed to come out of my account automatically. Okay. I set it up on my credit card. So we get the points, we pay it back. It's credit. It's a system. My HOA fees are supposed to come out of a credit card. That credit card expired. Okay. Now the HOA has a shit system where they don't tell you if the things went through or if they didn't go through or thank you for your payment or whatever. I don't get any of that. So when I assume that the payments are going through, I assume it's taken care of. But then when the credit card expires, I forgot. Sorry, it's technically my fault. But I was behind on four months of HOA payments. People, we're talking $400. $400. Not $4,000. Not $40,000. $400. Like, they're... And so now, instead of a phone call, instead of a phone call, instead of a phone call that says, hey, Mr. McCurdy, uh, something's wrong with your payment. You owe us $400. If we don't get this resolved by the end of the day, uh, we're unfortunately going to have to file a small claims court here, whatever, blah, blah, we're going to take you to court. And then I would happily pay. I would happily solve the problem. But I didn't get a phone call. I didn't get a voicemail. I didn't get an email like I just did. I can get an email about my trash bins. I can get an email about my nosy neighbors taking photos of my trash bins. But I didn't get an email saying, hey, we're going to take you to court if you don't pay. Maybe send me a courtesy that way instead of serving me with certified freaking papers. Now I'm worried I'm going to jail first week of January. Let's be honest. I think we have bigger problems. I think we have bigger fish to fry. Uh, I think we have, I think there's, there's just, there's bigger things going on than my lawsuit with the HOA, uh, which will win by the way. Uh, there are bigger things going on in this country that need to be addressed. The Mars candy company has done something so atrocious. They have crossed the line. They have, I, they've made it so that I would say at least I would say at least 50% of the population will probably stop buying their products. I mean, M&Ms have made the bold move to remove all of the male characters from their packaging. Now, uh, ladies and gentlemen, hold on to your taste buds because M&Ms is making a bold statement with their latest candy pack. The all-female pack includes purple, brown, green, the candies trios, where we're... Okay. Let me stop you right there, folks. I'm going to be honest with you. This year, this year at the Do Better Network, we hired a copywriter. And sometimes, and the, the job of the copywriter, sometimes they get a little into it and they get a little over the top. Uh, their job is to basically take these articles from CNN, TMZ, wherever we find them, and rewrite them so it sounds like me. Because what I'm tired of doing is reading like someone else's work. So we're going to reword it, re-get it, re-get the facts, and make it our own. So that's it's a little bit more of original content. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to make it sound like me. So when I say things like, ladies and gentlemen, hold on to your taste buds, that's not me. That's the writer. We're probably going to fire him. Uh, but it's fine. So, uh, hold on to your taste buds that needs to be on a shirt immediately. Introducing purple, the newest addition and official spokes candy, who is a purple peanut M&M. She's a singer who prefers laced up boots over heels and has a quirky, confident personality that'll knock your socks off. So basically we've turned Lizzo into an M&M.
The M&M's brand is on a mission to use the power of fun to create uh, purposeful connections as they work to create a world where everyone feels they belong, says Gabrielle Weasley, chief marketing officer at the Mars Wrigley North America company. And the best part, a portion of the profits of this all-female pack of M&Ms will go to organizations that are uplifting and empowering women, including She Is The Music and We Are Moving The Needle, nonprofit organizations that support women in the music industry. So go ahead, grab a pack of these badass canned ladies. Get it? Candies. These badass candies. It's canned ladies. And flip the status quo with every bite. So that's the marketing thing. They're flipping the status quo. The female M&Ms are upside down on the pack. We're flipping the status quo. And we're not letting the men take over. You know what I'm saying? I'm about, I think after reading that, I'm about it. And I'm flipping my position. We might be on board with the all women packs here. Okay? Um, And you know what I mean? Listen, here's the issue. A lot of men are upset. A lot of men are upset right now. Um, and I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence because I have a very strong, independent, powerful, and loving fiance of a woman here in my life. And I mean, she's all about the female pack M&Ms. When I told her about this, she said, good, it should be permanent. We don't need any man M&Ms on the packages. You know what I mean? So it, mm, I might be a baby boy bitch and buy a back. I might buy a bag of all female M&Ms and, you know, bend the knee to the female army of the all female M&Ms. I haven't decided yet. Listen, this is a cultural issue. We need to talk about it. We have to report on this. We have to. If we don't report on things like this, what does that say about our culture? What does that say about the world that we've created for our children if we can't openly talk about the fact that we need an all-female pack of M&Ms. But there's some people, there's some people out there like Nick Adams who disagree. So he thinks, he thinks otherwise. Any male that buys a packet of M&Ms from today forward must hand in their man card because they are a soft, woke, beta male feminist who has serious, serious problems. Until M&Ms rectify this grave wrong by giving us all male M&Ms, this boycott will remain. We will not stand for this at all. M&Ms? Step on them, smashes them, smashes them. Um, you know what I mean? So I want to know in the comments what side you're on. Will you be boycotting M&Ms or will you be buying an all-female pack of M&Ms? I'm going to assume that probably 99% of our audience is going to straight up boycott. I might be wrong. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Tag me in photos of you buying all female M&Ms at the grocery store. Do it. Do it. No bought. Do it. You won't. You won't. You won't go to the grocery store right now and buy an all female pack of M&Ms. I'll wait. I'll wait right here. You won't do it. I guarantee it. You won't risk that man card. Risk your man card right now and go buy an all female pack by M&Ms not sponsored. Listen. Megs and I went to lunch the other day. We had a weekend off from the boy. He was at his aunt's house, and it was a thrill ride, okay? We went to lunch 
Uh, we went to kind of somewhere. It was nice. It was a little lunch spot. It was in Hershey. It was a little bar, restaurant, whatever. They had uh, garlic aioli fries. They were banging. We got some tacos. We got some spaghetti. It was really good. It was all homemade. It was a really good, really good lunch. And while we were there, at the same time when we walked in, it was this el- It was this woman, you know, mom's age, 55, 60, whatever, maybe 45. She was... She was 50 years old. She was there with her mother, who was clearly elderly. She was in like her 80, 85-year-old, right? And so it was this mom, older mom with her with her mother, with grandma. Look like grandma might not make it till Christmas. Grandma clearly is on a day out from the home because as soon as they sit down at the bar, right, they both order a glass of wine. And so what does the mother do? The mother, who's supposed to be out with her mother, it's supposed to be paying attention, asking her how her day's going, what's going on, how's your life, what's up, how are you? But instead, she's doing a crossword puzzle. So the younger lady's doing a crossword puzzle. Now that gives grandma the opportunity to do a few things. Grandma's fresh out the home, which means she hasn't had a sip of alcohol in probably three to six, maybe 12 months. So she downs her wine. Megs and I watched this 85-year-old woman chug a glass of wine at lunch. Okay. It was one of the most fantastic things I've ever seen. Then the bartender is making more drinks for other people at the bar, right? She's kicked a bottle. It's a bottle of bourbon or something. She's kicked a bottle. She leaves it on top of the bar right in front of grandma. And what does grandma do next, but not grab that bottle and try to pour whatever's in it in her cup before the bartender turns back around and notices. I swear to God, everything that come has come out of my mouth this episode is 100% true. Listen, the people that, so her mom catches her. Her mom like, no, like, mom, you can't do that. She puts the bottle back down. And so her mom then just like looks all distraught like I wasn't doing it. She was like, literally, she has two days left and she is just trying to get as much alcohol into her system as she can. So younger mom goes back to doing a crossword puzzle and she gives her mom a little bit of her wine because she hasn't finished it yet. So grandma's got a little topper off. She chugs that. Not five minutes later, their food comes out, whatever. The bartender does it again. The bartender kicks another bottle. So whatever. I don't know what it was this time. I think it might've been vodka. She kicks another bottle, puts it in front of grandma again, and wouldn't you fucking guess it, grandma takes the empty bottle and attempts to pour it in her glass again. She tries to get more out of the empty bottle again without the bartender was turned around. She couldn't see her. This grandmother, fresh out the home, was ruthless. And that's exactly the type of parents that Megs and I decided we're going to be. That if in one time... Ollivander will put us in a home, and when he comes to take us out for lunch, we will do our damnedest to get as much alcohol into our system as possible because we know as soon as we go back to Country Meadows, it's probably going to be 9 to 18 months before we ever see his ass again and before they're ever going to have an event where they serve any type of champagne or maybe one little glass of wine or whatever the sparkly bubbly is. And there's no way we're getting liquor into Country Meadows. They check our rooms every week. So we can't wait till we're like 85 years old and trying to sneak drinks from the bar at the bartender. You know what I'm saying? 
Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of the What Are We Doing podcast, my first solo episode of the new year. Thank you guys so much for rocking with me. Uh, It's been a blast. Um, We had Ken Cage on next week. If you haven't seen that interview yet, go check it out. We learned all about how he steals airplanes from rich people who don't pay their bills, a.k.a. he's an airplane repo man. It's a blast. Go watch it. Wadpod.com backslash YouTube. If you haven't joined our Patreon yet, what are you doing? Uh, you need to go to patreon.com backslash what are we doing? And it's, it's everything happening over there. We've got a dollar subscription. It only costs a dollar. That's like 13 Netflixes. Okay. You get, uh, our bonus episodes every week, the better call Paul episodes, uh, anything that we upload there, these episodes early. If you sign up for the bigger tiers, Q and a other stuff like that, we're going to get more interviews, more guests over there as soon as that community builds. And we're going to keep on posting. I can't wait uh, to see what 2023 has to bring. I just was on the phone with Carlos the other day and he's like, yo man, we got it. We're coming up on a year. We got to do another episode. So we're probably going to have Carlos sitting either here or there, right there, over there very, very soon. Um, So look out for that. The Do Better Network uh, has essentially launched. And if you know, you know, and if you're a part of it, you are. Uh, the public link and the public announcement will be coming soon. Uh, we have the website. We're just trying to build it up with some content and some episodes and get some back catalogs on there and some uh, some other podcasts signed up. We have other blog posts and resources coming. I've been writing like a madman on that blog, like ways to improve, ways to monetize, ways to grow, ways to get your audience, ways to start a podcast, things and resources for the people who want to start. Maybe you just started. Maybe you're on episode 100. It doesn't matter. You will find something on there that will benefit your show. Uh, So that is all coming soon. We can't wait to build that out even more. Paul and I have some amazing ideas coming soon for that and uh, some other things down the pipeline. So by all means, be on the lookout uh, for DBN. I've already said too much. They're probably going to yell at me for saying that. Uh, hopefully, if you find it, you find it, uh, and we'll we'll see you on the other side. I'll have an announcement video separate coming soon all about DBN. Uh, but thank you guys so much for rocking with me. This is another episode of the What Are We Doing podcast. Wadpod.com backslash links is everything you need to find this podcast Join our VIP club, watch it, listen, share it with your friends. Sharing is caring, and guess what? It's also free. So uh, support your friends in 2023 the free way. You know what I mean? It rhymes. We didn't mean it to, but I said it, and now we're rolling with it. 2023, share for free. Hit share wherever you listen to this episode. Hit like, subscribe on YouTube. Thank you guys so much. My name's Levi McCurdy. Peace out, everybody. This is the What Are We Doing podcast.